0: Praise the Lord, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Man. Yeah. Been a wild ride, man. I tell you, man. You guys, we just sang it. We just sang the invitation. You guys just shared the invitation. You sang word for word the invitation. I mean, we could actually, if you could memorize the words to that song, or at least write it down on a piece of paper, man, you can actually just take the words that you just sang, all right, and talk to the people that you love, that you know need to know Jesus, all right? You can actually do that, because the invitation is totally clear, isn't it? Jesus is the invitation, do you recognize that? Jesus himself is the invitation. Eternity with Christ is the destination. It's that simple. Amen. So simple, man. I mean, we're here because, you know what? Somebody, like my brother just got through saying, somebody told you. All right? Jesus is the invitation. Eternity with him is the destination. Here's my question for you. All right. I want you to think about this question. I might forget about it but in the middle of the sermon, but I really want you to hold on to it. Hopefully I can remember to bring it back. What is holding you back from accepting that invitation and inviting others with it? What's holding you back from completely, wholeheartedly, with everything you are, accepting that invitation? Not just on part-time, not just on Sundays once in a while if I ain't busy, not just when I'm on vacation, all right? No, 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 man. What is, what is holding your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, your whole body back from receiving that invitation? And then what is keeping you from extending that invitation? <laughs> so people that you know, man, need to know Christ. And not in a judgmental way, but in a loving way. The union, come on, you and I, we know people that don't even know that they can know Jesus, right? Well, what's holding us back, man, from extending that invitation? Amen? Well, let's go ahead and pray, all right? <laughs> so, uh, Father, we praise you. Lord God, we give you the honor and glory, Lord God. In the mighty name of Christ Jesus, <sighs> guide us, Lord. Man, just guide us, Lord. Help us to recognize. Help us to see in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Check it out. We're in the book of Luke, all right? We're, we've been in chapter 14. We just started it a couple of weeks ago. And what's crazy about the scene that we're investigating, not only investigating, but trying to submit underneath alright as well, is that the, the, the past three weeks, is one instance. So what actually probably took a couple of hours for Jesus has taken us three weeks to unpack. All right, because we've been opening up this section in in, in, in well this this part of this, the scriptures, this story in the Bible in sections. Jesus is at a dinner party. He got invited to a dinner party. All right, and some certain things went down there, and we have just kind of been taking our time over the past three weeks to unpack that to see exactly what is God saying to us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to review the scriptures that we've been in. I'm going to read them out for us real quick, and then uh, I'll stop right where we're getting ready to start with this week's scripture, and let's just see what happens, all right? Praise the Lord. Thank God for uh, air conditioning, all right? And so praise God, because last year, I don't know if you were here last year. Uh, first service, it, it's still taking a little bit to get cranking. First service, it takes a little bit to get cranking, man. And I had, a, I, I preached one sermon, man, I shouldn't even talk about this. But anyway, I preached one sermon, and I sweat right here, right here, and right here, and it looked like I had a smiley face on my shirt. And at least it looked like I was happy, all right? And so, praise the Lord. And so, so we're in Luke chapter 14, right, verses 1, all right? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a look at verses 1 through 14, and then we're going to begin, get, get just get us wound up for the scriptures that he has for today. So this is for a review. One Sabbath, all right, one Sabbath, all right, day, it was on a day that day, you know, that Saturday, when he went to dine at the Pharisees, at a Pharisee's, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, all right, let me just read what it says instead of trying to guess. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. All right, so they, 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 were, they were watching him. They didn't, they didn't invite him to be nice. They invited Jesus to this dinner, all right, so they could try to catch him up in a freeze, all right? And so, and then it says, and behold, there was a man before him, all right, who had dropsy. There was a guy who was, who was visibly handicapped, all right, he had this 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 uh, this condition. All right, where he was just he was kind of he was swollen in different parts of his body with water in different cavities of his body with water, and it was kind of a hard thing to to, to, to experience, and then also for, for us to even to uh, to, yeah, to to look at and see what we need to do and how we can help because it just didn't look like we could. But they put this guy. He obviously, this guy wasn't even invited to the dinner. They just kind of threw him in there. They used a person who was handicapped to try to catch Jesus in a freeze. They used a human being. I mean, that's how awful for people even to think about doing this. And these are supposed to be the religious leaders, all right, of this time. And this is how they're rolling. And Jesus, man, seeing the dude rise, right, seeing the people invite, he knew Jesus wasn't a fool, man. He knew exactly what was going on. All right, you know, and he responded to the lawyers and to the Pharisees, these people who are so you know, in, entrenched in the law of God, at least they thought they were, he says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? He uses one of their own complaints of him healing on the Sabbath, and he throws it right back at them, but they remain silent. They didn't say anything. And then this is crazy. He took the guy. It says that he, that he, that he, that he took him, and he healed him, and he sent them away. Jesus reached out and touched what people didn't want to touch, all right? Touched a human being that felt untouchable, loved a human being that felt unlovable and reached out for a human being that felt felt unreachable. This is how our God rolls, man. This is how Jesus moves, right? And it's pretty amazing. We can learn a lot from just that verse right there. He took him, he healed him, and then he sent him. To be sent by God is a beautiful thing, don't you think? I mean, out of all the people in that room, which one was the most honored? That guy right there. And he said to them, he said to the people that were just looking at him, trying to catch them all up and everything, he said, which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? I don't think any of you are going to leave your kid in a hole, all right, because it's the Sabbath. You know the rules. You know, no, I don't think anybody's going to do that, right? You're going to pull them out. And now, instead of them not replying, they can't reply. Look at this. They could not reply to these things. And then he told them a story to those who were invited when he noted that how, how when they, they rolled in, they started trying to take the best seats in the house. You ever see people do that? They try to take the best seats. They want to sit as close as they can to the host. Because we wanted to feel important, man. This is your path, but you know what? I'm important too because I'm right here by you. Right? He says, when you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, don't sit down in the place of honor. lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And then he who invited you is going to come up and say, hey, you know, can you give up your place to this person? And then you're going to begin with the walk of shame all right, to the lowest place. He says, but when you're invited, go sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he can say, hey, friend, come on. What are you doing down here? Come up here and sit up higher with me. And then you'll be honored in the presence of everyone who sits at that table. And he says something huge, man. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And then he said to the man who invited him, he said, when you give a dinner and a banquet, man, don't invite your friends or your brothers. Don't only is basically what he's saying. Don't only invite your friends. Don't only invite your brothers or only your relatives or only your rich neighbors, all right? Lest they invite you in return and you're just gonna be repaid right here and now. He said, but when you give a feast, go out and invite the poor. Go invite the crippled, and the lame, and the blind, and you're gonna be blessed. But he can't repay you, for you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So he's put all these guys on blast. And you can imagine there's this tension in the room now, right? Because they were all getting ready to gang up on Jesus, and Jesus brought the fight, man, right, to them. And then out of nowhere, all right, because of the tension, somebody blurts out something extremely stupid, and we'll get to that part here in a minute, (laughs) thinking he's pretty smart. You know, someone once called our church, all right, they called our church the church for the rest of us. The church for the rest of us, and I thought that was quite insightful. That was very, very insightful. Not because you know we're just felony friendly, but I just think it's also there's, <laughs> but not just that you know because we are all right? But it's not because of that. It's not you know <clears throat> you know but but but, but it's, it, I think it was, it's it's pretty insightful because that's how God called us. He challenged us to come alongside Him and make it easier for people to know Jesus, right? He challenged us to come alongside him, all right, and make it easier for people to know Jesus. Why? Because there are so many people that don't know that they can know Jesus. They don't know that they can. There's a lot of people that don't know that they can know Jesus. And why do you think that is, man? So many people think that this, that this is an invite-only thing, man. It's an, an invite-only, invitation-only, and they're not invited. Well, they got it half right. It is an invitation-only, but guess what? Everyone's invited, right? And it's, it's pretty cool when you think about it. Everyone's invited, or they don't understand the invite because the inviter makes it a little bit harder for them to recognize how open the invitation is, right? He's not just calling us to make it easier for people to know Jesus. He's calling us to lead them into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we lead them to follow us, we mess things up a little bit. Last weekend, or last week, Debbie and I had a family emergency in South Dakota. Um, and I'll tell you what, man, for Pastor Justin being notified at the last minute, I don't know if you were here last week, knocked it out of the park. Praise God. All right. He literally had 10 minutes to prepare for that message. Just kidding. <laughs> Actually, it had a little longer than that. But, anyways. But we were called out to a family emergency, man. And we had to go be with our brother and his girl, man, because they, they lost a child. And so that's, that's where we had to go last week, man. And, uh, and we rolled into that town and I'd, I'd never met anybody in that town, right? And well, I didn't know, but we'd soon be meeting hundreds and hundreds of them within the next couple of days. And I asked Jesus, man. I asked him, I go, you know, I was literally, man, on my way there. When I got there, I was praying this prayer. And I, when I was there, when I would go out to the, my brother's balcony and I'd ask God, man, you know, this prayer. And I was asking him, man, what, you know, what is my place among these beautiful people, man? What is my place here among these beautiful people? And he encouraged me. It took me a little while to hear him. But he said, instead of trying to know my place among them, be sure of my place with him, and I'll see why he has placed me among them, among these people that he loves so dearly, but are hurting so badly. And then I watched in amazement my wife Right, responding to the same situation, but without hesitation, right? She goes right into action, all right, and puts into action this truth that Jesus loves me and wants to love others through me, all right? You know, she started serving them through loving action and getting involved, you know, and, hey, let me clean this, let me take care of this, so, and just started serving people all around her. Meanwhile, I'm in a corner going, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? I'm like, how does she just know this? Like so fast and so quick, she just got right into action. (laughs) We're the church for the rest of us. That means everyone else. Who's the rest of us? It's everyone that's not here, man. Everyone that don't know that they're invited. (sighs) The church for the rest of us. I love what's happening, man, over there in Hebrew right now, over with you guys right now in Hebrew. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, give it up, man. Yeah. There are so many people that are recognizing there is a church for the rest of us, amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because everywhere I go, I realize more and more people truly want to know the truth of Jesus Christ. So many more people need to know that they can know Jesus and that Jesus is the invitation, and forever life with him is our destination. Jesus is that invitation, and forever life with him is the destination, but he leaves it up to us to accept the invite, right? And then he also leaves it up to us to extend the invite. So we kind of gave you some background with that scripture. Right, I gave you a little background with that scripture, man, and, and then now let's move forward because all that tension has been built in the room. Remember, they tried to put Jesus into a box and put him into a corner and put him into a trap. All right, they used another human being. How awful was that? All right, to do he overcame that, set that human being free. All right, praise God, and then challenged them in their in their exclusivity. All right, he challenged them, and then there's this there's this awkwardness this tension, and maybe even a stillness in the room. Here's what I know, man. When you, don't have, when you don't know what to say, maybe you shouldn't say anything, right? Because then all of a sudden in verse 15, here's what happens. One of those who reclined at the table with him and heard these things, he said to Jesus, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. That's what he said. I mean, like, I mean, how many people kind of went, yeah, well, I don't know. Was that, right? that right? I mean, after what he just said, was that right? Again, I don't know. Sometimes we, we, if we don't have anything to say. Maybe you shouldn't say anything. One time I'm down in, I'm in California. I'm in a you know, big four-wheel drive truck, and I'm driving through California, and I'm trying to get, I have a place I got to get to, and I'm driving through town, and I come up to a stoplight, right? And my windows are down. The guy next to me looks at me, and he goes, hey, nice truck. And I said, right on. Thanks, man. And he goes, are you a hunter? And I said, yes. (laughs) I'm not a hunter. I'm not a hunter. I've never hunted in my life. All right? But I said, yes. (laughs) And I'm waiting for the light because now he wants to talk about hunting. All right, and I don't know how to talk about hunting. And then he goes, well, what do you hunt? And the light turned green. I said, rhino, that's all I can think of. I couldn't think of anything else, man. I just blew up rhinos. I own rhinos, man. I own rhinos. That's it. Roll my windows up. I'm out of here. All right. And I didn't know what to say. And so, you know, sometimes there's just you know, when God is speaking, sometimes we just probably just need to just shh, shh and let him speak into our life. Right? Jesus created some tension in the room, and this guy did not know how to handle it, so... He said let's break the tension and let's point back to us. Blessed are we, you know, who get to, you know, where, how awesome it is to be us cuz we're totally invited. I mean, if you would have rephrased that question, that that statement, it would have been a lot better. If he would have said, you know what? Blessed are we because we're eating bread in the presence of God himself right here Jesus. That would have changed everything. That's not what he said. I mean, how? And then, and then, verse sixteen. But Jesus, but He said to him, and Jesus said to him, "All right, you know." I mean, how many? How would you like to say something so stupid to Jesus that He has to use a story to reveal how stupid it was in front of people? <laughs> all right, because that's exactly what He does right here. He says, "All right," let <laughs> me just fix this. He says, "But He said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and he invited many people." You see, back in the day when you would give a banquet, it's the same thing as today. You give somebody a save the date. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, save the date. You know, you gotta, you're getting married, man. It's coming up in three months, four months, five months. Save the date. All right? You know? And we all, we're familiar with that. We recognize that. And so he said, there was a man who gave out some save the dates, man. It's going to happen. This is going to happen. All right? And so, and then and what's crazy is these guys were experts in the law. They were experts in the scriptures. They would have known that there was a promise of a coming Christ, all right, to redeem mankind. All right? They knew this. But they, they, what they didn't know is that the invitation was sitting right there at the table with them. Jesus is the invitation. And the invite has been sent for all of us and for all of mankind So many, all right, are waiting for God and he is right here, right now. Do you recognize that? How many conversations do you have with people that you love, all right? And they're just, you can tell that people are spiritually deficit and as well, recognizing that are spiritually hungry and they're waiting for something and they're looking for different things that are going to satisfy that spiritual void, all right, in their life, and he is here his name is Jesus he he paid for our sins he went to the cross he was buried and rose again praise the lord amen, amen. Jesus is the invitation And at that time at the time for the banquet he sent his servants to say to those who have been invited to come It's time man come on Everything is ready and back at that day, man, they didn't have, like, watches and stuff like that. I mean, they might have wore those crazy little sundials on there, you know, I don't know. That would have been kind of cool, man. But, but when it came time for the banquet, you had to announce it. So, the, you know, the, you couldn't really tell them, hey, it's going to be at, you know, 3 o'clock on this day, because nobody really had a really, really good sense of that. Some people did, you know, the first hour, they called the third hour, second hour, and all that stuff. But he sent somebody, he said, go out and tell them, man. It's time. It's happening. Everything is Ready? And I want to challenge us to give her a mind, man. I mean, I have cousins. I have family. I have, you know, know, people that I love. And, you know, and everything is ready right now. No matter where you are in life, God is ready for you. You see, we have that message. If you know Jesus, you're like, I know, I know, I know. Good. Does everybody around you know that God is ready for you no matter where you're at? He's ready for them no matter where they're at. He's ready for people to respond, and he's ready to use you to invite others to respond. But check this out. Look at verse 18. But the all alike began to make excuses. They knew... They knew the promise. They knew that it was coming. They knew, all right, what was that? They, they knew, man, but you know what? When it came time for it, when the invitation was sitting right there in their midst, they began to make excuses. When, we're, when, we, when we run out of excuses, that's when hope can take place in our life. Did you recognize that? As long as we have excuses, we will not see hope. There's no potential for hope in our life when we keep making excuses and excuses and excuses of why we don't need that hope. And they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a field. I got to go see it. Please have me excuse. Who, how many, who do you know that buys a house all right, without looking at it? Yeah, bought a house, man. I haven't seen it yet, but I gotta go check it out. Yeah, I did it. He's like, all right, all right. I know my my brother did it too, but you know he he's a little bit more savvy than I am. All right. And he says, look at then he says, look at another one said oh, I bought five yokes of oxen and I gotta go examine them. Please have me excuse again. Who buys a car without test driving it? No, oh, okay, just checking. All right, just checking, brother. All right. And another said, I've married a wife, therefore, I can't come. Bring your wife. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you bring her? Which one? Which, oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to ask you to keep quiet, please. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Don't make me come down there. All right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you ever have your mom tell you that when she's driving in the car, she's getting all mad at don't make me come back there, I'd like to see you try that actually, anyways um, <laughs> while you're driving, you know what I mean it'd be kind of funny, anyways <laughs> you're all good bro I made, they're making excuses I bought a field I got these ox, I just got a wife basically they're saying, you know what life is good man life is good, why should I come man, I've, I, I'm, I'm doing pretty dang good Problem is, not many know what a really good life is. I mean, what makes up for a good life? Do we even know this? Do we even know what a good life is? How, How have we created standards to say that life is good? What are our standards? What is the necessary standards? I love walking up to people, and they say, how's it going? They say, pretty good. And I say, well, How come? Know, tell people that. And the next time somebody says, you go, hey, how's it going? They say, "Very good. Say, why? No, but I ask for real. I want to know why is it going good? Am I missing something here? Because I want to know what's good. And then they come up with these, well, you know, I got my health. All right, yeah, cool. I got a job. All right, cool. That's good. All right, but why is it good? What makes for a good life? You see, the common theme among these excuses that we can easily be is that we can easily be satisfied with our own kingdoms. The common theme in all three of those excuses is that we can be easily satisfied with our own kingdoms, that we think we don't need the kingdom of God. We've been conditioned to set the bar way too low. We've been handed this down, man, in our ideas of success and a successful life. We've set the bar way too low. If all I need is to field some ox men and to get married, I think I've set the bar way too low. I'm not saying those are bad things. Those are great things. Praise the Lord, man. But, there's, but, but, but we, we, we've devalued ourselves somewhere along the way, and we've allowed ourselves to be devalued along the way. Because what we've done is we've acquired a price tag. If I, could, if, I, if I could get out with this much, I'm good. Life is good. We set the bar really low because we don't recognize we've been bought with the blood of Christ. And that's priceless and therefore we're priceless and for samuel samuel tells the people of israel man he says don't turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver because they're empty when i look at my stuff i love stuff okay i love stuff i love my stuff i love your stuff all right if you put your stuff out on the front yard i would be going through your stuff today all right, I'm not saying, I'm just telling you, I love stuff, but what I do recognize when I look at my stuff, and this life is ended, who cares about the stuff? They cannot, the stuff does not deliver a life. The emptiness, he says, Don't, He says. There, there, there's this emptiness there. They cannot profit, they cannot deliver, they're empty. And so Jesus continues his story. And by now, the guys is just probably going, you ever have that look on your face where you just know you, just, you shouldn't have said anything? It was like, you know what I mean? Like, a, can I just leave? And you can't leave. You can't go nowhere. And he said to the servant, because he knows he's relating these things to the things of God and the kingdom of God. I mean, they're not, these guys aren't that stupid. They that didn't pick up on this. And so the servant came and reported these things to the master. The master of the house became angry, all right? And he said, you know what? Go out quickly to the streets, to the lanes, and the cities, and bring in the poor, bring in the crippled, bring in the blind, bring in the lame. Go outside the church. And I love what my brother said yeah, last weekend. He said, don't just try to shuffle the deck, all right? Don't go out to this church and bring their church people over here, and then some of our church people go over there. No, go out and get new cards for the deck. Did you remember that? That was amazing. Go to those who have been humbled by life, he's sharing, this, this, the streets, man, and the poor, the crippled, the blame, the lion, people who have been humbled by life. And why do you think that is, man? Because humility is the key to knowing Jesus. Without humility, you don't care to know a God because you're your own God, or you're satisfied with the gods that you've created. Humility is the key. See, looking down, when you try to look down on Jesus, you're never going to see Jesus because you can't look down on Jesus. You need to look up to see Jesus. It's much easier to look up when you're all the way down. Jesus is the invitation and the destination. And the servant says, look, I did what you commanded and there's still room here. And the master said to the servant, he said, go out to the highways, go out to the hedges, go out of town, all right, and compel people to come in that my house may be full. Go everywhere and everywhere you go, be this message, extend this invitation of Jesus Christ. I think a lot of times we fail to extend this invitation because we don't really know how amazing and how big and how huge you know, it is that we're, what it is that we're inviting people to. He says, go everywhere. Go in, you know, he says, go, to, go into the streets, the towns, you know, the, those been humbled by life. Those are people right outside, right inside town. And when you go out of town, do the same. And sometimes go out of town on purpose to do this. He says, compel people. Take no excuses. Tell people just to come as you are. I love my church clothes. And tell people, man, they're like, I've had people that say, they say, well, what do I wear? <laughs> come on, man. You know? Compel people to come in. Don't, take no excuse. Come as you are. And, man, bring them with you to Jesus, not just the church. People say, "I'll like, oh, bring them to church. They don't want to come to church with me. Bring church to them. You are the church. Amen? Welcome to the church. Amen. Amen? We need to stop turning down the invite for people before we even give them the invite. you understand what I just said? Oh, they don't want it. Uh, don't. We're turning it down for them. We think nobody wants to hear it, man. We look, at, we look at, at other people's lives and think, man, they're doing pretty darn good. They don't want to hear this. Then now we're the ones setting the bar way too low for them. How do we tell somebody, they're so great, man, you know what I mean, you know, that we might consider to be great, you know, that this is what they need? I was listening to Pastor Clay Stidham. I don't know if some of you might know him. Local pastor, man, he let me stand on his shoulders all the time. He's a great man of God. Him and his wife Nancy, they uh, pastor Cornerstone Church. I was listening to him tell a story the other day about a pit bull, a bulldog with a bone. All right, and he says, if you got a bulldog that's got a bone, all right, and you want to get that bone from him, you don't just you know and you know that bone's not good for him. You don't just grab it out of their mouth, right? Because what are they going to do? They're going to bite down harder. All right? And you grab their, try to grab it, and, and they ain't going to let it go. I mean, some bulldogs will probably die before they let you take their bone. And they, man, they, even worse, they might bite you when you try to take their bone, right? So what do you do? You take a nice, fresh slab of meat, and you lay it right there beside them. What do they do with the bone? <laughs> Boom, right? Right? Because the meat is better than the bone. The bone was just wishful thinking. All right? It was just to satisfy the moment and pacify the moment. I could still smell something in there, and I know it's in there. And all of a sudden, boom, here's real meat. You give them something better. We have something better. Amen. We have something better. We have the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the invitation. And we just need to love people to Jesus and let them know that they're loved, that they're valued, that they're invited, that they're welcome to come to Christ. It's last Sunday. We had a service for this amazing young man. His name was Cash. We had it on a football field there up in Leeds, Leed, South Dakota. And the football field was packed. There were like, five to 700 people out there. That was pretty wild. And uh, the child's uncle gave an amazing message of salvation. And then they asked me to come up and speak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Jesus loves you. <laughs> All right, but it was an amazing message of salvation. And just like like Pastor Brian just gave this amazing message, you know, for our communion. Man, I just told the audience, man, did you hear what that guy just said? That is the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel. And I challenged them. I said, you know what we need to do is we need to get close and we need to stay close. And I asked the whole crowd, say, get close. And they shouted, get close. And I said, say, stay close. They said, stay close. I said, do it again. Get close. Stay close. I said, Jesus got close to us. He got this close, man. He gave his life. And he said the night before he was crucified, here's the commandment I have for you, that you love one another the way that I love you, that you would love one another. And I said, how much did he love us? He loved us this much. And now he wants us to get close to him and stay close to him. Stay with Jesus. And I challenged him. I said, you know, and then now he also wants you to get close to one another and stay close with one another. I said, say, get close. Say, get close. Ah, oh, man, you got to do better than that. Come on. Now say, Stay close. Praise the Lord, amen. Amen. All right, because Jesus is the invitation. And it was pretty wild, man, because we came home Monday. And my brother, man, he gives me a call. He goes, hey, dude. He goes, man. He was just thanking us for coming and stuff like that. He goes, "That was a pretty impactful weekend." I said, "I know, man. It was pretty amazing. You know, just the love and the, how we, so, you know, uh, gathered around this family. Please pray for Jessica. I was her son, man. Lift her up and her family, man." Uh, but, 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 but he says, "Man, it was pretty impactful." And I go, "Yeah, that's awesome." He goes, "No, I don't think you understand." I go, "What's up?" He goes, "There are people right now today lined outside of my house. We got a tattoo artist here. They're right. <laughs> They're getting get close, stay close, tattooed on their bodies." <laughs> <laughs> the church for the rest of us alright anyways <laughs> they're the invitation right to tell them to get close and to stay close but this is how God planted this church the church for the rest of us now finally Jesus challenges this final statement it's kind of hard to swallow but check this out look what he says before I tell you none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet this is how he ends the dinner party. And all those who thought they were invited are just going, because they refused the invitation of Christ. And we say we belong to our choice. No matter what, we belong right to our choice. Every choice. Don't get comfortable making so many bad choices that you miss the most important choice of all. Again, my brother, Alan, used to say, don't go so far that you can't come back. So here's what I want you to do. Recognize, and we know this, Jesus is the invitation and the destination. Amen? And for those of you who have not accepted the invitation, accept the invitation. It only lasts for you as long as you have breath in your lungs. The moment you have no more air, well, that invitation expires with you. Accept the invitation. And if you've already accepted the invitation, (laughs) give out the invitation. You know people who don't know that they can know Jesus. Invitation. amen, because Jesus is the invitation, and he is the destination, I want to <laughs> invite you, I want to invite you, I want to invite you guys, <laughs> I got another invitation <laughs> to pray, there are going to be people right here, who would love to pray with you, if you want to accept that invitation or if you have anything else that you need to pray for. In Hebrew, we've got some people there that would love to pray with you if you would just accept that invitation. Praise the Lord, amen? Jesus loves you.